0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and today we are joined by a singer and songwriter whose musical journey started at age five when she began training as a classical pianist. After releasing two albums independently, she signed with Columbia Records in 2015 and released her debut single, Fight Song, an anthem about depression, which peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States and hit the top 10 on multiple charts worldwide and held the number one spot. For a record number of consecutive weeks in the Berlin household. I
1: was As, like, where, what's that? Where, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: coveted. Not many people get there. <clears throat> As if that wasn't enough, she went on to win a daytime Emmy for her live performance on Good Morning America. Perhaps her greatest accomplishment to date just recently came out, the arrival of her sweet baby girl. And she's here to tell us all about it. Rachel Platton, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Oh my goodness, I've been waiting forever. Because <laughs> I don't even know your birth story myself.
1: I know, that was good that we didn't talk about it. I
0: know, so I'm very curious. Saved for the pod. Just like everyone listening. But before we get there, let's talk about this age five piano lesson business. How did that come about?
1: Um, my mom played. She wasn't, you know, excellent or anything, but she loved it and she'd play... A lot. I remember being very little and looking up at the keys and trying to like twinkle them. Oh,
0: reach up and touch. Yeah, nobody can see what you're doing, but I can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Good point. Thank you. It's been a minute. Opportunity leave for a while. Um, and I just remember loving the sound. And I think that happened enough where I was like playing them that she started me really young. I think I was asking for lessons, and she let me start young. Wow. Yeah.
0: Were you? Did you sing when you were little? Like, did she sing with you? What kind of piano did she play?
1: Um what kind of piano? Yeah. It was a Yamaha upright, just you know what kind of music. Oh, sorry. Um I studied classical piano. So I
0: studied classical. Yeah, when
1: I was little. Is
0: did your mom play classical?
1: She did, yes. She play like I remember she knew maybe four or five pieces, like the Moonlight Sonata and Fer Elise and like some classics. Oh yeah. And um I would I think I would hum them or something she th- think she could kind of tell that i was musically inclined i don't know if anyone was like well, she's a star but i think she knew i loved music
0: well that's number one yeah and so you started do you remember taking piano lessons as a five-year-old
1: i remember my teacher but i don't know if i remember it from that you know that age or a couple of years later
0: was um, it early enough that it's sort of like teaching a language to a kid like, like just in your um,
1: first of all, I was think I was six. I don't know. Like, Wikipedia says five, but <laughs> I think I we was We can but, argue. Yeah.
0: We can deck it out. We, get the head of Wiki <laughs> we should. We should. I
1: think we should spend the podcast talking about that. We'll who cares Leaks? about the birth? Well, that's right. You know what? Oh, you have a baby? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Violet? Whatever. <laughs>
0: I, I got it from WikiLeaks,
1: actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... It was like learning a language and it felt, it came really natural to me. I just, I remember just loving it. I remember being really excited to go to my teacher's house. Her name was Rita Marshall. And I just was so excited. I would show up with my, um, little, what are they called? Sheet music and. I practiced really hard without you know anyone kind of yelling at me or telling me to. I just loved it
0: you like doing it it 's a lot it, of work yeah. I went through six piano teachers, WikiLeaks League says five, um, but I went through <laughs> many piano teachers. Uh. Um, and none of them kids, stuck with me. No, with for me, when I was a kid, because I'm a little ADD, yeah. and I also have a really good musical ear. Yeah. So as soon as I can know what a piece is supposed to sound like, yeah. I would just play it, and I couldn't look at those notes. They made me dizzy, and they'd always catch me cheating. I'd pretend to look at it and play, really and then, yeah, they would turn the page, and, and I would keep playing, and they're like, i turned turn the page early on you. Yeah. I'm like,
1: Dang. I hate you. Oh.
0: So, I just couldn't do it. Like it's, I, the notes make me dizzy. They still do. So I yeah. play by ear. Sadly I can only play Bach's Canon, but uh
1: It's a beautiful song though.
0: I know most people who only play one song it's like Chap Chapstick. Chapstick, oh, yeah. Chapstick, Chapstick. of
1: Bach's Canon is so beautiful.
0: I really love it. I love that song. It's my meditation song. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. I just play it and I feel it just over and over again. So I don't know. It just
1: loops itself so beautifully. Yeah. yeah. You guys should listen, listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take a break. Go listen to that. We'll song. have a piano off. <laughs> I vote for you. You'll win.
0: I don't think so. I'm rusty. Uh, I'm whatever happens after rustiness. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how did that, did you continue with music?
1: I continued with music. I played piano up until high school and then it became kind of uncool for me. You know, I was like, this isn't, this isn't what the other kids are doing. And I stopped. I'm sad I stopped. But, um, yeah, I played for at least, you know, 10 years and I worked really hard and I really loved it. And I'd play the recitals. I sang in choirs and, um, but that's about it. I wasn't like, you know, writing music or in bands or anything like that.
0: Oh, and then you stopped in high school. Can you say one more time for my son and daughter that you regret that you stopped in high school? Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> but I, I will, but I feel bad. I don't want to like prescribe this for anyone. I do regret that I stopped. I really do wish that I had kept going. Just because when I dove back in in college, I missed it so much. And I realized that in high school, those years when you're feeling so insecure and lost and confused, that music could have been a real... Um, homecoming for me in a way and yeah. i didn't i missed it i didn't even realize i was missing it
0: it's a great outlet
1: yeah so yeah keep keep playing kids
0: keep playing kids keep playing. thanks for listening to our podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> and goodbye
0: and goodbye when did you pick it back up what'd um, you study what well you went from high school and- oh
1: sorry in college you mean yeah i studied interna- international relations and
0: How are your international relationships?
1: <laughs> um, very good, thank you. Okay. <laughs> no, I was really interested in connecting people and connecting people from different, you know, cultures. And and I had this teacher in college that got me fascinated with maybe working for an NGO or being a diplomat. I spoke a couple languages in college. Don't ask me anymore. I've, I'm so. Yeah, rusty now. Okay, but well, what languages? And Spanish and Italian. Oh, um, and wow! A little bit.
0: You uh, learn them in college?
1: I, oh no! In high school, I think. In when did you learn Spanish? I, mean, I think in middle school you start learning. Second I learned language? when I had
0: kids, and they were watching yeah. Dora.
1: I don't know. Dora, yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Maybe Violet learned. A little bit of French. I just, I just loved languages. I think it's it has to do with music. I love math, music, languages. It's like all kind of in the same well, category. Music is
0: a language. That's and right.
1: So. That's right. Yeah. It is a language. Um, but anyway, yeah, I studied natural relations. I wasn't really um, a music, you know, I wasn't still passionate about music then. That's not true. I was. I just was a little bit afraid to claim it. Like I didn't know anyone around me who was a professional musician or a professional artist. I grew up in kind of a conservative, um, super like um art not artsy what was it it was like graduate school focused kind of mm-hmm. town it was like where were you in Newton Massachusetts uh, go and there I went, all the time do you really no I've never I <gasps> no because you don't I know that sound so gullible <laughs> Sorry. but a lot of a lot of people in the west coast I don't know feel I feel like I play Jewish geography all the time with people they're like oh from
0: Newton Massachusetts yeah where is it which part of Massachusetts?
1: It's like 10 minutes from Boston. Oh, okay. So just any of those like outlying cities. Everyone's like, "Oh, do you know?"
0: No accent though.
1: No, I d- I don't have an accent. My parents don't. My dad has one when he's drunk or mad, Angry. and it's really yeah. funny. Yeah. But um my grandma had a really thick Boston accent really? and when I was a little girl. My mom would come home and hear my sister and I talk and we'd be like, can we have the chicken and star soup? And my mom's like, what? Why do you talk like that? And my grandma would be like, that chicken and star soup is right over there. <laughs> she was like, I need to, I need to come home more. Um, yeah. No accent. No accent. Yeah.
0: All right. So you're in Massachusetts, very graduate focused, like yeah. studies focused.
1: Studies focused. Yeah. I was serious.
0: And did in college, did you pick music back up?
1: I did. I went to Trinidad when I was in a junior. And in Trinidad I I went to work at the diplomat's office and to, you know, continue my studies in international relations. But when I was there I also had this internship with a songwriter. Because I was I still love music. I just it was in the background. Mm-hmm. And it just rushed to the forefront in Trinidad. Something happened. It like cracked me open. Yeah. And I realized it was what I had to do. I I played on the stage with a band for the first time in Trinidad
0: that's really cool.
1: Uh, so this um, band was needing a backup singer, and I, you know, I'm like you. I learned music very quickly, so I knew this. I knew the songs, and I was like, I could do them. I could do them. And um, they're like, okay, fine, you'll do. And my first concert was at this uh, thing called the International Soka Monarch Finals, and it's in front of eighty thousand people. Wow. And It's wild. It's at the, uh, it's at Soca, which I'm sorry, it's at Carnival in, um, in Trinidad and Carnival in Trinidad is huge and it's Soca music. It's really fast. It's like over 140 BPM. Wow. And, um, anyway, I got on stage and I just,
0: my heart rate would be over 140 BPM.
1: (laughs) Zing. (laughs) And I, I got on stage and I just realized this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Everything else has to, you know, come second right now. No fear. No fear. None at all. I just felt at home on stage. And I felt like I was in the back and I felt, how do I get that microphone at the front of the stage?
0: <laughs> <laughs> work my way forward.
1: Literally. I was like, I just, I'm crazy. Like, I feel like most people when I tell that story to you are like, what?
0: Yeah, because everybody has stage fright. Yeah. I think Seinfeld said the number one fear in the country is fear of speaking, like being in, in public. public. Right, And then number two is fear of death. So he's like, if wow. You're <laughs> if we're at a funeral, you'd rather be the guy in the box than the guy <laughs> giving the eulogy. <laughs> so <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: He's my favorite philosopher.
1: Yeah, he could see that mm-hmm. from you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um where did you go from there?
1: Um I came back to um the States and I just dove like all I was all in for music. I formed a band. I had the help of some awesome people and I formed a band with some local musicians in Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, started playing venues. It was my senior year of college. And like, I literally just went from being a really good student to not giving a.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, Don't listen to that part, kids.
1: <laughs> I, well, unless it's a passion that you it's were like, true. you know, I kind of wish that I had been encouraged to. Really follow what I loved because I think I could have found it sooner, and it mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken me till I was nineteen to like really realize what I was meant to do in the world.
0: But nineteen is not so long, also.
1: It's true. It felt long though when I started because when I remember being twenty two, and oh, this is a good story for yeah. you. I kind of came up in the same circuit Lady Gaga did. And I knew her as Stephanie back then. And we played a couple of like small shows together in the village in New York City. And I, she's been doing this since she was like 12, 11, 10, oh, you know, like, like writing songs and playing. And I remember just feeling so behind. Like,
0: Yeah, she had a decade on you.
1: Exactly. She had her 10,000 hours already. And, <laughs> yeah. And I was, and I would watch her like, she's incredible. I and mean, she was incredible even then. it was very obvious that she was going to be huge. But I remember watching her and being like, Stephanie, how are you doing this? And I think one time... She was like, she told me she'd been doing it since she was like nine or 10 or something. And I had just started. So I did feel like it was late in some ways.
0: But you came from behind.
1: I came from behind. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You
0: pulled ahead. You went yeah. to the front of the stage.
1: <laughs> it took a while. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when did it really start to take off for you?
1: Not until. I had a couple of like stops and starts. I had one little rise. I had a song on the radio before Fight Song and um it was called a Thousand Ships. And it was climbing the Hot AC chart, which is like not the, you know, main Billboard chart or anything, mm-hmm. but it was a big deal. Yeah,
0: it's a chart. I was in
1: Yeah, it's a chart. Go on. Even my mom made it, but you know <laughs> No, it was um and it was cool cuz I was traveling around the country and playing at radio stations and playing in festivals and stuff like that. Um Did you write it? I wrote it. Yeah, yeah. I Gone to Sweden to write some music. An awesome manager that I worked with. Do you know Freddie Wexler? Mm. I felt like you might. Olivia Wexler? Sounds familiar. I got to send her to you. She's pregnant. She's oh, one boy. of my close friends. Okay. So anyway, he sent me to Sweden and I wrote these songs in Stockholm and came back and um, I had this song that was on the radio that was doing well and I had a little flirt with fame, not fame, sorry. I had a flirt with success because. Record companies were trying to sign me, but it all went away. The song that had been climbing all of a sudden dipped. The record label interest went away. It all went away. Oh, really? And that was kind of the impetus for Fight Song, was that feeling that I almost made it so many times. I mean, it had been like nine years or ten years at that point. And just the crush of, you know, feeling your dreams slip through your fingers when they seem so close and believing in yourself despite that um, and being determined. So it took a while. You know, I had to I had to really dig deep and believe in myself when no one else did. And my husband did. And my, you know, my publisher did. But that was about it. And, yeah.
0: So you wrote Fight Song?
1: I wrote Fight Song. Yeah. It took well, a couple of years to write.
0: Yeah. A couple of years? Yeah. It's like a couple of minutes.
1: <laughs> I just, I think it's, I like, People listening that are going after something, even if it's a pregnancy, you know, (laughs) just going after a pregnancy, you know, believe in yourself and keep going and keep trying and and keep um and just stay positive.
0: So I have a really hard time connecting. I never really listened to music or followed music when I was growing up. Mm. And I think it's because at the time I didn't know that I'm face blind, but I'm face blind. And so... I can never picture an artist when I'm not looking at them. Mm. When I close my eyes, there's no Rachel. When I open my eyes, there you are. Wow.
1: Um,
0: and so I would hear music, and I would sort of get into the music a little bit, but never really connect to the lyrics and never really connect to the artist. Mm. And that still is how I am today. I like music more. Sometimes a song will really have a big impact on me. Yeah. I think the more you live, the more you live through. And sometimes music is really salvation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Amen.
0: so I've heard fight song in really interesting settings. First of all, my wife is a workout freak and she loves, it's like her song to push her through oh the next my level. Gosh, really? So as you're talking about how it like you felt like maybe I couldn't do it. Nobody believes me. Um, that's her song. And my kids also get into it because oh. like they follow her path of working out and eating well versus my path of uh, eating well not working out uh, eating too much. Anyway, so um, I've heard the song many times. And then also in Labor and Delivery as a doula, I hear that song both yeah, with my it. clients yeah. and also sometimes you'll just be walking down the hall in the hospital really? and you'll hear it blasting no and you'll hear her pushing away to it.
1: No way!
0: Yeah, those, those are two songs that I hear all the time are that one and also John Legend's All of Me.
1: Oh, that's beautiful.
0: Which is just like perfect, also to connect to the baby. You know, yeah. I don't know. He probably didn't mean this, but like my head's underwater, but right. I'm breathing fine or something like that. And it's just like, oh wow, they connect to it, and it's like all of me loves all of you, and that bond just really pushes you through the hard side. So oh, you got I wish I had played on, that
1: one in my labor.
0: More babies. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, more. Yeah, well. we'll make a play. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so. Then I, I met you, and you have this incredible energy. You're like, Aww, energy you. walks into the room a few minutes before you get there.
1: Aww, awesome. Super so positive,
0: sweet. just the truth. Thank you. And um, I didn't realize for the first two or three times that you were a fight song.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and yeah. as soon as it clicked for me in my head, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Aww. That kind of energy that you have, I mean, I guess you used it for yourself to pull yourself up. Thank you. Um, I also just had somebody on the podcast recently who's an actor, and she said she came here, and she also has big energy like you, Claire Holt. You know, yeah, you know,
1: Claire wow, Holt. So, yeah.
0: So she was like, yeah, I came here from Australia, and I, and she had an acting career going in Australia. I came here, and then nobody cared. And so she had to start all over again and mm. build up, and she said she did like 230 auditions before oh getting gosh. a break. And oh And gosh. for both of you and other people like you, how you get that energy to like,
1: keep going. Bring
0: yourself, give your A game again, oh, knowing that the door sh- might just get slammed on your face yeah. again. And uh, that really comes out in the song. It's motivating.
1: I'm it's so, thank you so much. That means so much to me. I'm funny enough I feel again like I need to remind myself of that because after giving birth and being in the zone of motherhood, I want to write again. I'm going on tour this summer. I really want um, and I'm bringing the whole family. I don't know if I told you tour of us. Yeah. Baby's going on the tour bus. us. Husband's on the tour of us dog. I can't but, wait. Tell but, me when to be there. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I really want to write songs to have new songs to play. And I feel this like a little bit of creative stubbornness. It's not a block. It's just this fear again. Like, can I do this? Am I still a songwriter? I'm a mom now. Like what am, you know, is this, it's always there when you're a creator. If you take a little break, even when you're in the zone, you show up every day to the page as a writer and you're all there, fear is always there. Can I do this? Mm. Like, or am I, do I, am I, am I a fraud? Like, and until you start rolling and you get the ego out of the way, it's the fear's still there. So I, it's,
0: I think everyone has it.
1: Everyone must have it. Okay.
0: Everyone has yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I see like some of the it's greatest people in their fields. Um, Stop and themselves. I'm like, hey, you know, you should do a workshop or something like that. I'm like, oh no, there's better people. I'm not good than enough. Me. Yeah.
1: yeah. We Gosh, don't have it. that. Interesting. And I'm so, I'm reminding me how it's so nice to hear and remember that I inspire people because I need 100%. that inspiration back. I need to remind myself of that. <laughs> 100%. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a copy of your song. So
1: <laughs> I did listen to it actually a couple days before our delivery. Oh really? Yeah. My friend who's Good for a Reiki healer was like, Rachel, I think you need to put on your own music. You need to blast it. And I think you need to stare in the mirror and just like sing to your baby. And I did. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God. I told my baby, I was like, I don't think I've introduced you to my music yet. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, because you're always singing. Yeah,
1: I'm always singing, but I don't know if she'd heard the previous recordings. (laughs)
0: Um, All right. I can talk about your career forever because I'm inspired by it, but I want to know more about this pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. So let's do this. Let's take a one-minute break and come right back with Rachel Platten.
1: And we're painting your room I can't believe I'll be holding you soon Safe in my arms when you're finally calm You belong, you belong You belong, you belong
0: Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're back with Rachel Plant and we're talking babies. Uh, Okay, (laughs) when did you decide that you wanted to have a baby?
1: I decided in, I think, March of last year, I was on a trip to Israel with some friends. And right before I left, my husband and I had kind of been talking about it. Like, is now the time? Is now the time? And I was going on this trip, and I was like, I think I'm going to figure it out on the trip. Because he, I knew, was open and was kind of, felt more ready to me than I was.
0: He was more ready to have a baby than you were ready to I think have a
1: baby. so. I mean, he... Had no, he didn't seem like he had a lot of fear. About
0: okay, it. but no. he also wasn't like now.
1: No, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was kind of like, not yet, not yet. My career, you know, I just kept putting my career first. Um, but I'm 37. I was 36 at the time, and I felt like I kept saying I was going to do it, like 33 or 34 or 35, and then my career kept being like more important. No, I have to tour this year. No, my single's on the radio. I can't. I have another single on the radio. Like, it just everything kept coming first. Yeah,
0: I have those conversations with myself all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So you're funny. So I I, um finally I was just like, okay, you know, my career is a little slow right now. Maybe there's a reason. I don't have a tour lined up this summer. All these things that felt like they were happening to me and they weren't for my benefit, maybe they're a gift. Maybe this time is a blessing. Maybe, you know, I don't know what you guys listen to believe in, but maybe God is giving me this period of time and saying, go do this. This is what's truly going to make you happy.
0: And during your trip in Israel, did it come to you?
1: Yeah. It did very big. I had a really big realization on the top of Mount. What's it called, Masai? Masada. Masada. I climbed the mountain. You I got climbed to the top. up the path. Yeah, I climbed up the path. Oh,
0: no, I took the cable car.
1: Of course, <laughs> <laughs> the path is is um. It's a whole thing. That's pretty steep.
0: It's a pretty intense. Dang path. Do, do you yeah. go early in the morning before it gets hot.
1: I think we nope. We oh, didn't time you it very in the heat. Yeah, we didn't we didn't like crush uh, the timing. Yeah. But we were lucky. It wasn't like a crazy hot day. I mean, I
0: took the cable car in the heat, but I was looking down at you guys walking up the snake path. <laughs>
1: I imagine that the people on the cable car was looking at us like, What are you doing?
0: Yeah. I was like, Making bad choices more? with your life. Yeah, exactly. And then I reached over and I said, Can I get some more of that caramel popcorn?
1: <laughs> Dang. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Water. <gasps> um so I got up to the top and I remember just having this insight the yeah. That, that realization came to me. This time is a gift. It's not a punishment that my career isn't going well right now or no, not going well, but like it's, this is not something that's happening. That's wrong. This is something that's beautiful. And and when else am I going to have like just unending time ahead of me? Um, clearly this is right.
0: Sounds like waves. Like a big wave comes in, career wave, and then there's a little lull. And so you know there's going to be a big wave behind it, but yes. why not do something with the lull.
1: My last record that I put out was called Waves. Oh, my goodness. Just about that. Exactly about that. Just yeah. how things have been flow. and
0: I can collaborate on the next record. Okay.
1: Yeah. Let me know the title sure. ahead of time. It'll come to me. <laughs> so that was, um, that was where it came to me. I came home, and I was like, I'm ready.
0: And uh, it didn't take too long.
1: No. I feel so... So incredibly blessed. I had no idea if it would take long. And actually, I had frozen embryos, um, the year before.
0: Oh, just, uh, did you use one of those?
1: I didn't. I knew that they were there though. And I was, I think that made me feel like just way more secure. And I didn't have any fear about getting pregnant. And be- boom. Because they were there. But I, I, so I think that that was lucky because. In the freezer? They were in the freezer. We had frozen babies. So I was like, all right, let's just try and have fun. And, and, um, yeah, we were really lucky. It was, Pretty quick. I got pregnant and within a couple of weeks. I
0: thought you were going to say a couple of minutes.
1: A couple of minutes. Um, I came home and I just mm, was like, dang, I'm pregnant. Look at that. This <laughs> is maculate. <Super. laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, in the freezer. The, so you still have embryos in the freezer?
1: I have embryos. In the yeah. They're, um, they're waiting very cold.
0: Near the Klondike bars. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. What would you do <laughs> for an embryo? Anyway, so,
1: so wild that they're just there.
0: How is your, how'd you find out you're pregnant?
1: Um, my husband knew. You
0: know what's interesting? Those what? babies are older technically than this. I baby.
1: know. I keep trying to figure that out. That's, That's weird. true. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Whoa. Just, blowing my up. mind.
0: They're older and colder. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. They're gonna be like super wise when they come out and mm-hmm. pissed at me. Yeah. Mom, are you serious? Um, but they. My husband had a feeling. He was like, I was cranky and tired, really tired. And I'm not usually tired. Like I'm, I'm big energy. I have big energy. And I, yeah, I'm really go, 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 go. Um, So he just, I didn't want to take walks. I'm always like making him walk way longer than he wants to. And I was like, let's just go home. And he was like, you're pregnant. You're so pregnant, he kept saying. And I was like, shut up. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> so I was, you don't know anything. You don't know about my body. I know my body. And, and? then sure enough, without him, one day I was like, maybe he's right. <laughs> I'm crying a lot. <laughs> and I went and took a pregnancy test. Yeah. Sure Clear. enough. Yeah. No question. No question. Yeah.
0: Did you have first trimester stuff? Did that
1: Oh like- my gosh. Yeah. I had so much nausea. It was horrible. I was throwing up. But it wasn't like the kind of throwing up where you don't gain weight because you're throwing up. I was like also gaining a crazy amount of weight. Oh really? Oh my gosh. I was just like so uncomfortable and bloated and nauseous. Yeah.
0: First oh, thing it's... we have in common. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncomfortable amount oh, of weight.
1: Oh God. Yeah. I just was, that was a rough trimester.
0: I watched so many people go through pregnancy and it reminds me of my high school experience. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me think about
0: that. Four years of first trimester. Um,
1: Dang, right. Well,
0: more like third trimester. Once the beer kicked in. Back to you. So, how was second trimester?
1: Blissful. Totally fine. Energy back. What'd you say?
0: Did your energy come back?
1: My energy came back.
0: Back on the walks? Back on
1: the walks. Started working out. I mean, I was working out in the first trimester, but like second trimester, I was having fun. I was doing yoga classes. I felt great. I went on a baby moon. I was super basic. I did it all. I like went to Hawaii. Like went did, you know, prenatal yoga, I felt great.
0: Did the pregnancy inspire song ideas?
1: I was writing all summer long. Yeah. I, um, I don't know that I like, oh wait, duh. Yes. I released a song. About my baby. Oh. In the fall called You Belong. I performed it on Good Morning America. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. I was like, no, I didn't really write any songs about her. <laughs> what am I talking about? God, Here's mom the, brain's real.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I did, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But
0: when you write a song, do you have lyrics first and then melody or the melody first and lyrics? Do they come together?
1: Uh, sometimes they come together. It's usually more melody first.
0: Oh, really? And then, yeah.
1: And then I. This
0: was an idea. Yeah. And a melody.
1: There's then, there's an i there's maybe an overarching idea of something that I want to communicate. Like I go in with a big feeling, and then a melody. Melodies come really easily to me, and I'll hear you know hundreds of them a day when I'm tuned in. And right now my well is a little dry, so I'm not hearing as much. But um, I have to like labor, I have to labor awkwardly at the piano and like force one out right now. But uh, when I'm in the flow, they're like really coming and singing and then the lyrics can be really easy or they can take a really long time for me but it's important to me that the lyrics are really honest and heartfelt and communicating truth mm-hmm. and so I don't I'm not like I don't like settle for BS lyrics and I think that's why they take ugh, a Do you long, get
0: shower lyrics
1: yeah that's totally
0: everything comes to me
1: totally show. me too and driving yeah well I'm not well,
0: driving a, is the worst because I can't write it down I I know, it's
1: frustrating. Did you ever hear the Tom Waits thing? He was like, he was like, you know what Tom Waits is? No. Oh, he's an amazing songwriter.
0: Oh, songwriter. Yeah. And he, goes back to my lack of music attachment.
1: I feel like you'd like him. I feel like his vibe is kind of, yeah. He's, um, he kind of was saying to the song gods, like he was on, he was driving on highway and this amazing idea came to him and he was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And he basically yelled at them like, listen, go. (laughs) Come back another time. I clearly can't capture this right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's now with the smartphones, we can sort of be like, hey, Siri.
1: Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Down. that's but,
0: true. I mean, because I also I do stand up comedies, and um, I'll get the greatest joke will come into my head. I'm like trying. It's it's like trying to memorize a phone number. I have to like do it over and over again in my head till I can pull over and write it down. Yeah, or I'll forget, and I I'll rack my oh, brain for God. crazy.
1: I know it's really frustrating when you lose a good one.
0: It's the worst. Yeah, I pulled over. I pulled over, but the shower also. It's like okay, yeah. okay. I don't care about the conditioner. It's gonna stay. I gotta. Get I it
1: just like you're now. right. I just like keep working it. If an idea comes I'm in the shower, I just it's keep singing so it, singing it.
0: the water just hitting. It's, it's like, true.
1: It turns off. What is it? It turns off your right brain and wait, your left brain. I never know which one. It turns is. off
0: the brain that t- should have told me I'm late for work and get out of the shower.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that one. Exactly. Yeah. It, and it and that in doing that it frees you up for the. Um, you know, the creativity to rise. It's beautiful. Yeah. But then you
0: have to get out and write it down while you're still wet. And the paper's all soggy.
1: God, you're right. That's I should just stop writing.
0: How was third trimester?
1: Um, the first part of it was still really nice. And then I think I started getting some pain, which is why I saw you. Was I in pain when I Mm -hmm. came to you? Yeah. My back was hurting. My lower back was Jack. My back was messed up. And, um, I think I was, I just started getting really uncomfortable. I felt really big. I don't know if I was bigger than other women, but I just felt like huge and really uncomfortable and um, over it. And little did I know, I had a long time to go. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Did you, because, I mean, you're pretty fit and you work out a lot. So did pregnancy, growing in pregnancy... Different people feel different ways about it. Did you like it? Was it like, wow, this is cool?
1: No, I had a lot of body image issues that came up that I didn't even realize I still had. I kind of felt like, oh, I'm so healthy and and love my body, and but the thing is, I loved my body because I was able to control it so well, and I knew like how to stay a certain size and how to look a certain way on a red carpet. Mm. Um, And pregnancy was really hard because I didn't realize that I was so like attached to controlling how I looked and watching it become something that i couldn't control anymore was a real learning, you know, process for me. It really healed a lot of my food issues actually. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: So, in the end you you found your peace with
1: it? I did. Yeah. I I kind of not that i loved how i looked cuz i don't think i ever was looking in the mirror and just like, i rock. I wish i did a little more of that. Now I look at those pictures and I'm like, oh, it looks so beautiful. Hmm. But and I never, so you can
0: see it better now than I can
1: see it better now. I didn't feel very beautiful when you were wearing it. Yeah, I didn't really feel like I never really felt like one of those glowing pregnant, you know, women. I was never like, look at me, I'm a goddess. I wish that I'd been a little. I thought you were pretty myself.
0: glowy, but I I just realized you're still glowy, and oh, now it's you. pregnant. So
1: yeah, thank I you. just think it's you. Thank you. But
0: I also, wish- as far as pregnancy goes, I thought you wore it pretty well.
1: Thank you. I'm just hard on myself. I hope that other woman listening to this, if you're in the middle of it now, that you don't wait until you're done to appreciate how beautiful you actually look. Because mm. other people can see the beauty, and you're like so focused on, you know, just how big you think you are, and it's ridiculous. Don't do that to yourself.
0: I mean, what I, everyone says. Almost everyone says when you get to the third trimester, I just feel big. Meaning movements are hard. Rolling over is hard. Dang, Getting that out of was bed is so hard.
1: interesting. Like how I'm, you're right. I'm very active and very fit and I love working out and I'm athletic. And so for me, just having my movements encumbered was so strange and hard. Like not being able to just get up off the couch, having to have need help. I felt like, the yeah, the waddle was so uncomfortable. God. So
0: I think that even if it looks nice to you, yeah. there, there's an element that's like, well, my body's really cool for doing this and it looks cool. Um, Just you feel big. And yeah. so maybe that's why you can also look back and see that it Because I'm
1: not feeling it physically. Yeah, you're yeah. having
0: a hard time moving around, which is foreign for you.
1: I did meditate a lot, and the meditations really helped when I was feeling that way. It would help me connect with my baby and the beauty of what I was doing. So that was a big healing thing for me.
0: Oh, that's a great tool. Um, you said the first half you felt great, the second half of the third trimester, not as wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just started to feel, yeah, just tired. Exactly what you said. Just ready for it to be done and comfortable. And sleep, sleeping became really tough. That was, I know it's so typical, everyone experiences it, but. No comfortable position. Yeah, that was so tough. I love sleeping on my stomach Ugh. or on my back. Both of those are how I sleep and I'm not a side sleeper, so having to learn how to do that was that sucked.
0: Yeah, it's it's sleep. Like, sucked. You want to be in your comfy
1: position. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, oh, God, also getting out of bed to pee every five seconds. Like, I'll take pumping in the middle of the night over peeing Peeing 100 times, middle of the night, every, any day. I'm
0: juicing, so. Good for you.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're doing a lot of peeing. Yeah,
0: dude. I'm like third trimester at this point.
1: Bro. Um, No, you're not. No. (laughs) I
0: don't know. I drink a lot of juice. Uh, All right. God, I could talk to you forever. Let's talk about this. When did you start thinking about how you want to get this baby out of your body?
1: I started thinking about it, I think, around my second trimester, maybe towards the end. I started reading, um, what are those books? Anna May's Guide to Childbirth. Oh, yeah. The Hypnobirthing book I read. And I started forming really firm opinions that I didn't have before. Like, I just didn't think I'd care. I thought I'd be down with the hospital and down with the whole system. <laughs> and then reading those books, I was like, Oh, I'm going to do this differently. I want to, I want this to be natural. Than
0: the standard, or? Yeah.
1: Then the standard, I mean, I watched, I watched um, Ricky Lake's like business. Oh, of being, business born. So of being born. So it was in my head like, well, I don't want to be tricked by the system. Damn it, <laughs> <the> man. man. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to do this naturally and not be convinced to go down this road of medicine and medical intervention. And, um, So I started getting really excited about being empowered around my pregnancy and making choices. And, but interestingly enough, I had chosen a high risk doctor and I'm not quite sure to this day why I did. I I wasn't in a high risk pregnancy. Right. He was recommended by a friend and I just was like, trusted this friend and was like, okay.
0: Great, Right, so you went to, a, I think, someone who's a great OBGYN, but he's also a maternal fetal medical specialist. So right. he really, his population of people that seek him out have things like diabetes or yes. heart disease or other things that are going on that make their pregnancy need more observation and exactly. potentially more intervention. But he also does regular OB. Yeah. That's where you ended up with somebody who's like every day is more medically managed yes. pregnancy and birth.
1: Exactly. And but he's
0: also capable of doing BLB, exactly. plain old birth.
1: Exactly. I think, um, so that was interesting. I'm like, you know, in, in the one hand, reading all these books about these natural choices and birth centers and tubs and home births and getting really excited about all of that. And then the other hand, I have this very, um, hospital based. I mean, his, his office was in a hospital. Right. So every time I go to my visit, it was you in a hospital. hospital. It's very interesting. Yeah.
0: So how do you, Resolve those two.
1: Um, Well, my baby had, right when I was 37 weeks or 30, maybe it was 36 weeks, I was told that she was IUGR.
0: Okay, not gr- uh, which stands for intrauterine growth restriction,
1: which is, meaning yeah. the
0: baby's not growing as fast as we expect inside you.
1: Exactly, and that it was asymmetrical; that her belly was growing specifically not as fast, smaller, so you're yeah. not
0: getting enough nutrient.
1: And that made me feel horrible; like I was doing something wrong. That I was, you know, that I it was my fault in some way, and I felt just it was my introduction to mom, you know, shaming in a way because I went to my OB and. He said to me, basically, "This is your fault." Kind he of. Did? Kind of. He Good kind of morning. looked at me and he was like, "You're too active. You're too. You're not getting enough weight. You're doing this." By the way, I had already gained like thirty five pounds, which that was like at thirty six weeks. Like that's, that's normal. Yeah, normal. I wasn't skinny by any means. I was looked healthy, Um and he kind of like shamed me a little bit into making me feel like I was doing too much and. I stopped all movement. And in the next appointment I showed up and I had gained six pounds in a week. And I, oh, wow. cause, cause he told me, he's like, go home and eat carbs. And I'm like, this can't be right. I know so much about, you know, health and, and wellness. This can't be the thing that helps my baby to go home, sit down and eat carbs. Like there has to be something else going on. Um So I got a second opinion and the doctor was like, this is not your fault at all. This could be a placenta issue. This could be an, a number of things, but it has nothing to do with, with your diet and your exercise. Yeah. Slow down if you're stressed, but like you being healthy is beautiful. Go ahead and keep walking. And anyway, that helped a lot. I cried a lot when I got the first thing of like, this is your fault. Um, but so that I I mentioned that just because that kind of switched my mindset back from like, I'm powerful. I'm all powerful. I can do this. Um, I'm a warrior. I can do this at home to, Oh my God, I need medical help. mm -hmm. Like I need Assistance, I need doctors, I need information. And that was very tricky for me because I felt so vulnerable and all of a sudden felt like I don't know enough. My intuition's not strong enough and I can't do this. Well, that's awful. It sucked. I'm sorry. Thank you for thank you. I I think it's interesting how easy it is to be tricked into the, you know, that we that you don't know as the mom.
0: Well, we're constantly pulled away from our instinct.
1: Yes. And my instinct was this is not something I'm doing wrong. My baby's okay. The whole time I had known she was okay. I knew she was okay. She felt okay in me. I could feel her energy. She was happy. Yeah. Um. So anyway, she was fine. You know, two weeks later I showed up and he's like, wonderful. She's back in the 40th percentile. Good job. Oh, wow. No kidding. No kidding.
0: You know, I would love that first doctor's information because I dream of going to the doctor and they say, listen.
1: Eat carbs not at home.
0: <laughs> eating enough, exercising. I know. You're exercising go I know my husband tonight. was
1: like, "Why isn't this the best thing you ever heard?"
0: I know. So now, forty weeks, you're back. Yeah, everything's good.
1: I'm back. Everything's fine. Baby gained weight. Baby gained weight.
0: And uh,
1: and we're ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. I'm like, all right, baby.
0: But where are you in your mind now? Because you're oh. sort of trapped between the holistic-y.
1: Yes, I was. St- I was still afraid. You know, the fear just your hooked confidence in. Confidence doesn't come back. What'd you say?
0: Your confidence.
1: My confidence didn't didn't come come back. back. No, I was like hooked into like, I need help. I can't, I don't know what I was kidding. I can't do a home birth. I I can't, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know enough yet. My baby might not be okay.
0: So your plan was hospital birth.
1: Yeah. Hospital birth. With that OB. With that OB. And I had an amazing doula, which in my mind felt like, okay, this is my way of, I'm going to have this experience of, I'm going to labor the way I want to at home. I'm going to be able to, um, have a really natural experience and, still do this without, without an epidural and I'm going to be strong and then I'll go to the hospital for the very end and they'll be fine. Okay. <laughs>
0: and, did labor start on its own?
1: No, it did not. My okay. baby did not show up for 41 weeks, not here. Okay. 42 weeks, not here.
0: Oh really? You went all the way to the end of 42?
1: Yeah. My, meanwhile, my doctor is like pulling his hair out. Like, are you joking? Like this, <laughs> we have to induce this baby. What are you doing? Like, and my mom had told me that I was Two weeks late. And so I was very stubborn. I was like, no, she's taking her time. She knows when it's her birthday. I'm not going to rush her. If she wants to stay in there, that's her. That's, that's comfortable for her. I'm going to knock it, force her out. Oh. But finally I'm, I'm like 42 weeks and three days. And he's like, Oh wow. He's like, this is really actually getting dangerous. And I heard, you know, I talked to another person. They were like, it is getting a little dangerous. You should, you should stop. So I agreed to get induced.
0: Had your, had your cervix been changing?
1: No, it was closed. Totally closed. Every time he checked, he was like closed and he was really. Again making me feel terrible about that. I was like, What's wrong with my cervix?
0: Yeah, it's your fault.
1: Totally my fault. Like, why isn't it opening?
0: Yeah, you have to eat more fat.
1: Dude, I did but I was so I felt so fat. I was I had gained like fifty pounds by that point. I was going on I did everything. I was sitting on the bouncy ball every night. I was, you know, going on walks and I was dancing and I tried everything. I tried the salad. I like, you know, did all the things to try to start the labor. Yeah, she was, she, she knew that it wasn't her time yet. Okay.
0: So, how'd you induce?
1: Um, so first of all, I was terrified of induction. I don't know why. I was just absolutely terrified. I really, I think it was, I think it was the fear and the grief that this birth that I had wanted to have laboring naturally at home was just not even going to happen at all now.
0: I suppose, but you also said you watched the business of being born. Yeah. And as, I think that there's very powerful positive elements to the film, but sometimes what happens is you become afraid to do any intervention and convinced right. that all the intervention You're is right. not necessary. You're
1: right, and it's not true because the truth is it was well. As at you'll that say, point, at that point, it was actually what I needed. It was what she needed, and she did need to get out and need right. a little kickstart.
0: So it's hard to open your mind after that. It's true. You know, you were sort of bouncing around between these two worlds,
1: very extremes. Yeah, like there was no middle ground. It wasn't like yeah the, you know, medicine medical world is is has great things about it. Right. The
0: follow-up film them. Them could have been interventions are amazing when you need them. That's true. Or when you want them.
1: And at forty two weeks and three days, you sometimes you need them. Yeah. yeah. I was ready. I was big and ready. So I went to the hospital, I had cervodil inserted. Okay. And that's to soften your cervix, I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. And um just waited for labor to start. And um about four hours later. Should I dive into this now? No, this is okay, it. cool. Yeah. We're doing it. This is it. <laughs> um, I'm excited to talk about it. So four hours later, I started and the contractions were like 30 minutes apart. Super mild and easy. And, and
0: they just started from the servidor.
1: They just started from the servidor. Yeah. Okay. Um And when he checked me in the beginning, I was like 0. 0.5, you know, half barely a centimeter. half a centimeter open. Like when not at all. When he put
0: in the servidor.
1: Yeah, when he put it in, I was barely dilated. Okay. So, um, four hours later, yeah, it starts and, um, the contraction started really easy and totally fine. And then about after an hour of that, they were. five minutes apart and still super fun. Like it felt fun. I remember writing my doula and I was like, I'm having fun. <laughs> oh, she's she like, okay, bitch, <laughs> yeah. slow your roll. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was dancing. She wasn't there yet. No, I was dancing. She had come in the morning to help set up the hospital room and like make it super vibey at oh, candles cool. and tapestries and like,
0: like uh, battery candles.
1: Yeah. I brought like vaginal flowers to like put on the wall.
0: <laughs> I don't know what vaginal flowers are. Like here. a rose yeah. opening. Oh, just, okay. Flowers. That, okay, good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. can imagine (laughs) um because i was like determined i'm still gonna have a natural beautiful experience in the hospital i'm not gonna feel like i'm in a hospital and um so i was dancing with my husband we had great music playing and i was on the bouncy ball and that was like two hours maybe three hours and then at like 6 p.m maybe 5 4 p.m maybe um I started getting intense, intense, crazy contractions. I called my doula like, you better get here. These are like one minute apart. Oh, wow. One
0: minute apart?
1: Yeah. One minute apart after that started at like 4 p.m.
0: This is just still on Cervidil?
1: Still on Cervidil. Wow. And um, it was pretty insane. They were really intense. And I was feeling them very strongly in my back and butt.
0: Oh, in the back.
1: And I didn't realize... Spoiler alert, I didn't realize that she was sunny side up for oh flipped. So I had back flavor. Oh my God. And That's really they were really intense. They were like 30 second contractions, basically a minute and a half apart. And that lasted for four hours, five hours, because they put in it in at 7 a.m. And or I got to the hospital at seven A. M. and then they put it in at like nine A. M. and then they're not gonna check me for twelve hours. So wow. I had twelve hours to go. And if you know, four PM it started to get crazy and I knew I had still five hours of laboring to do. But I got in the zone, I got in the shower, I was on the bouncy ball, we turned all the lights off in the shower, we put the fake candles in the shower, and I put on music that I loved and we just got through it. My husband um had the water right the on wand. my back. The yeah. water. <laughs> And my amazing doula, Setha, was doing compressions.
0: Squeezing your hips.
1: Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. This is where I bet you're just a you rock. Oh, I yeah, bet your compressions are just yeah. everything. Oh, my God. So she was doing a great job, though, even though she was tiny. And um, that was great. I felt really empowered and I felt like in the zone. And I just, and time was not, you know, a thing. Setha told me, my doula told me, this is not linear. You can't think of this like, you know, minute to minute. This is, has to be, you have to be present. This is the ultimate surrender. And I, I got into that zone and I was like, even with the back laboring and this crazy attractions for that long. And around 830, she and I were like, she mistook my telling her that I felt it in my butt for it being the baby oh, having like moved down really fast. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, wow, I think this baby's really moving. Like your contractions are really close. This has been five hours of this. Um, I bet you're ready. And so he came in, uh, my doctor came in after 12 hours and was like, okay, let's check her. And my intuition told me I don't want him to check me. It's going to take me out of my flow. I, this is so hard right now. I don't want to be disappointed if I'm not open, if my cervix is like, you know, cl- still not opening, I, I'm i going to be crushed because after all this work, after like seven hours of intense work. right? But they told me I had, you know, nurses like you have to go get checked. Mm-hmm. So he checked me and he's like, I think I was at like two after 12 hours. Oh, and I was boy. just like, no, well,
0: it's no. a 200% increase from half a centimeter.
1: You're right. But I started crying oh, really, so really big tears. No. I just was like, I can't do this. Like Wait a second. You know what? I think I was at like one, actually. Not even two. I think it was like so little. I don't know exactly. I wrote down. Shoot. But anyway, it was so small that everyone was like, all right, this baby's not coming for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm done. I need the epidural. I need the epidural now. Like I can't do this anymore. I just did that for like six hours. I can't no more. And they're like, Oh, well you should have told us the anesthesiologist is like busy for three hours. (gasps) So you're going to have to hold on that. And by that point, my, you know, my power was gone and taken away from me and I was in terrible pain. Oh, my still God still on your back. still on my back, and i had I just that was such a low moment. I was deaf. I just was like, I can't believe I have to do this more. Oh. I was sobbing, and I just I was like so just I felt so helpless. Like, how am I gonna get through this? How am I gonna get through three more hours every minute? Like it was so exhausting. I just they wouldn't let up. But my sister happened to arrive she had flown in from Boston, from New York and her flight got in and she got in and she happened to be there. And my mom was there too. And like my doula was like, do you want your sister and mom to come in? And I, my mom had been there for a little bit and I was like, I think I just want my sister and my sister, Melanie is my best friend in the world. And she came in and just at the right time. And just, I sobbed and hugged her like all contractions happening. And she was like, let's get back in your zone. And we all got back in the shower oh. and she and I danced. We just had a dance party, even with contractions. It's the best. It's the best. And we put on our favorite music that we loved. And we just danced for like an hour and a half. And, you know, I, I would cry, but then we dance and it was like, unbelievable. What's
0: an example of a song?
1: Um, um, there's a song called Love is Alive by uh, Louis the Child and Elohim. I want everyone to go listen to that right now. Okay. It is the best, especially moms who are about to have babies. Please go listen to that song. It is everything. I'm going to listen to that song. It's like, myself. I just want to go I love is alive. Love is alive. Love is alive. Love is alive when you don't have to prove it. Anyway, it's so good. And then I listened to a song called Sexual by Naked. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That one. And we were dancing and throwing our hands up.
0: Here's a a beautiful moment captured from that unmedicated part of your birth uh, on a phone that was at your birth, where uh, at first you're just singing and dancing along to the music, and then a surge comes. (laughs) Beautiful moment. Okay, back to our conversation.
1: So I got through it. I got through the three hours. Maybe it was only two and a half hours. They were like, he's ready, the Thanosut is ready. I was like, thank God. And but that that part is, no one tells you that waiting, once you're like about to get it, it's still going to be like 45 minutes until the relief because you have to sit still on the bed, they have to wait till the contractions subside, oh. and mine were not subsiding.
0: Yeah, it takes a little while. They usually it's have to l- give you a bag of fluid. Then exactly.
1: The fluids. I'll
0: prep you. And exactly. From the time they even place it and put the drinks Oh my through. God,
1: the bag of fluid. I'm having like aftershock right now, trauma remembering that I had to get all that fluid into that me. and It just took forever. Yeah. Kevin was like squeezing it. <laughs> the nurse was like, stop squeezing it, and then she'd walk away, <laughs> and he'd like squeeze it, and I was like, "Baby, squeeze it harder." <laughs> I was using nitrous oxide at this point too. All
0: oh, right, I forgot they have the that laughing
1: thing. gas. Yeah. yeah, that was helpful. My sister tried some. I was like, "Give me that." <laughs> yeah.
0: It's great. Also, in case you need a root canal while you're uh, having that
1: would have been totally fine. Yeah, I can't imagine anything anything better than just a root canal. Once middle, you gotta all all
0: kill that. three hours.
1: Yeah, dude. So.
0: So how did you feel after it kicked in?
1: Um, Like, okay, I can rest.
0: Did it totally take away the sensation for you?
1: Mm, mostly, but I started violently shaking because okay. of all the, I don't know yeah, why.
0: big hormone changes.
1: And- Huge hormone changes. I just started shaking. So I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and that lasted an hour of shaking and just, oh my God. Did you get itchy? No, but oh, I itchy. just was shaking and cold and confused and like, and then I remember the catheter going in and being like terrified of the catheter. Oh, right.
0: I think a lot of people don't realize once you get the epidural, you have to get a urinary catheter because you can't walk up.
1: That part is really, I was so afraid. I was like, wait, please wait. And they were like, ma'am, you have to, you have so many fluids in you and you haven't peed in 12 Not hours. That bad
0: that Kevin squeezed in. Yeah, I
1: know. So the catheter kicked in and I just, then I remember it was like so loopy from the drugs. I was cracking up at how much pee was coming out. I was like, everybody, look at all my pee. It's amazing.
0: Proud of yourself.
1: I was very proud of my pee.
0: I'm number one. See what I did there?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. So... That um epidural kicked in. My doula went home. Everyone in their mind was like, okay, this is going to be tomorrow or something. You know, she's only like two centimeters. So long bye. Way, long way to go. Good night. Yeah. So they all leave. And then I'm finally, Kevin gets, you know, in the chair to get comfortable and go to sleep. I lay down. My shaking's kind of wearing off and I'm starting to drift off. And then nurses run in like, your baby's heart rate is dropping. We have to move you. And. I was just terrified. After that IUGR scare, I had it feeling like something was wrong with her and something was going to be wrong. So hearing that her heart rate was dropping just put me right back into panic mode.
0: Just move your position.
1: Yeah, but they could have just said that. They could have just been like, let's just roll you over Yeah, Yeah. but instead they were like, the heart rate's dropping. It's not okay. We have to figure out what's going on. We have to move you. So they moved me and they're like, this will be okay. It's okay. It'll be Okay it's normal. And I was like, is it normal? Is it normal? I just kept asking, is this normal? And then they'd leave and I'd start to rest. And like literally 15 minutes later, heart rate's dropping again. We got to move you again. And this happened for about like an hour and a half, maybe. I don't know. I lost track of time. Okay. Um, finally, I was just shaking and so scared and so panicky that I realized I needed to remember my power. I needed to remember my meditation. I needed to remember my Zen and that I had the power of controlling this. And something happened, I don't know what it was, and then clicked in, and I just realized, I need to go into my zone right now. And I just got quiet, and I started doing this mantra that I made up, and I breathed in, and with every inhale, this was like throughout through violent shaking, and every inhale I would say, I'm inhaling the peace of God.
0: Mm.
1: And every exhale, I'm exhaling fear. Ooh. And I did this for 45 minutes or an hour. The shaking stopped. I got relaxed and, um, they still had to move me, but I just refused to be scared. And finally, after about like, yeah, an hour of doing that mantra over and over and over, I said to my nurse, I said, I think I have to go to the bathroom, like take a number two, like something's going on down there. And they are like, really? She's like, let me check you. And she checked me and she goes, you're nine centimeters. Wow. This was three hours after I got the epidural and everyone home. And they're like, You better call your doula, it's time to push. Wow. My doula wasn't even there yet. My doctor wasn't there. And, and you
0: had no pitocin?
1: No pitocin. It was
0: just on your own. This is
1: on my own. Oh, this point. Yeah. Wow. So they were like, Call your doula, call everyone." And I was like, It's time to push. Oh my God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And that got me scared all over again. Wow. Um so I started um you know, getting like my nurse was amazing. And she was like, it's okay. This part's going to be easy. Like you can do it. They started moving me around first to, to make that happen. My doula showed up like 15 minutes later. Um, and I think at that point, someone checked me again and realized that the baby was upside down or mm. not was sunny side up. Okay. So mm. they, that's when they were like, okay, you're back laboring. And my doula explained to me, sweetheart, what we need to do is we need to get you on your hands and knees to try to turn the baby. Mm -hmm. And I know this is going to be hard. Your legs are numb and whatever you're exhausted, but we got to flip you. So that was the hardest thing I've ever done because my neck, I had thrown my neck out. I think I remember telling you when I came back for a session, my neck was so messed up from all the shaking that it literally felt like It was even more pain than the contractions. I couldn't move it and I didn't know how to get my body up off the bed. So my husband had to hold, hold your head, hold my head up. He had to literally hold the weight of my head as I was on hands and knees. I stayed in that position for about 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes and the baby flipped a little bit and they were like, okay, let's do this. Um, should I keep going? Yeah. Okay. This is the best part. So I get on my back and I'm ready to push and. It's the middle of the night and um, there's all these amazing women nurses around me. And I wasn't the hugest fan of my doctor. I was a little like, oh, he's making me feel disempowered, but whatever. He has to be part of this, clearly. So he shows up Um they called him and he shows up and he, we do one push, you know, with him guiding me and it was an unproductive push, I guess. And he said, "Ugh, she has 30 minutes to go still. To the nurses, you guys work with her, I'll come back. Oh, wow. So he leaves, and one of the nurses goes, let's prove him wrong. (laughs) And it was such a fight song moment. I'm like, (laughs) it was all women around me and my amazing husband, and I'm like, yeah, F yeah, let's prove him wrong, ladies. Let's do this. I can do it. And my doula is amazing, and she's whispering in my ear, like, I want you to listen to me now. This is. I'm going to explain how to push, okay? And you listen to everything I say. And... I did exactly what she said and had my knees in the way and the core are in the way. And one push, literally one push. She's like, the baby's head, go reach down. You got your head out in one push. Oh my goodness. And I reach down and I feel it. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is so easy. <laughs> now clearly I had an epidural. So let's just relax. I'm like the women doing without an epidural, like mad respect. Oh my God. Um, I did one more push and the baby was out. Wow. Yeah. And the doctor like ran back in in time and yeah. <laughs> It was great.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I did not know this is my first time hearing your birth story.
1: But yeah. I love that it was just women surrounding me at the end and me being like, F yeah, I'm doing it.
0: It's <laughs> oh, so strong. Yeah. So powerful.
1: Pushing was amazing. Like, man, I'm terrified to do it on an neural, but it's beautiful. It's so incredible. Like the feeling of like, oh my gosh, the feeling of moving them down you and like the the empowerment that comes from it. I felt like a warrior.
0: I mean, people say it's exhilarating. It's
1: unbelievable. I I think
0: a lot of people assume that labor climaxes, the challenge of labor climaxes with pushing. But most people tell me that it's... It's
1: the best part.
0: Yeah. Because you can do something. You can
1: do something, finally, exactly. And especially if you're strong and like... I'm very strong. I have very strong legs, and I knew like this is my jam. Yeah, here's where I shine. (laughs) All
0: that working out.
1: Yeah, this is where. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, two pushes. That's incredible. Um. Wow, what a beautiful story, and just strong and empowering, and and so like real. And how many times you felt strong and then uh, kind of got knocked off your horse for various reasons. Yeah. Um. And I think in some ways that's the biggest benefit. It's not really like exactly how you give birth, um, with the drugs, without the drugs, things like that. But it's, it's really who's around you and, yeah. and do they trust birth? And do they, mm. you know, how you could say the same thing in a positive way. Or a negative way. And totally. even just at that last minute, oh, she still has 30 minutes. She's not doing it. Oh,
1: my gosh, right? Even
0: the way you called it, unproductive pushing. Like, there's got to be a better term for <laughs> right?
1: that. Right? Unproductive. You know? That's so ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Like, it, yeah. how about you're just not ready yet? Right. And you're waiting for the baby to decide more. Or, hey,
1: we're so excited, but, you know, it's going to be a little bit longer. Can you do that? Yeah, we believe in something you
0: Something yeah. and, and like build you up right like you have the yeah. strength you have the if you look at the other animals do it like they they don't have that kind of fear i know and um there's various reasons for that but one of them is because people are not knocking knocking them down all the time <laughs> it's true so it's true Um, okay. Well, we went over our time.
1: Oh, man. That's okay. It was worth it.
0: I have questions about postpartum. I have questions about how you're doing now and like what your future looks like, but, um, we'll have to have you back.
1: Okay. Okay. I loved getting to share that with you.
0: I'm, I'm, I still have like tears in my eyes. I I had no, no idea what your birth story was like.
1: I'm so glad. I haven't shared it with anyone yet. I mean, it was my friends, my close friends, but I was looking forward to getting to share it publicly with you because I felt also, like, there was so many life lessons just within the 24 hours that I was laboring of, like, again, being, like you said, being knocked down and then finding your strength again and trusting yourself and surrendering and, and finding your peace and trusting God and all this stuff. Like, it just felt like one gigantic life lesson in one day.
0: I love that even on your own, um, without your doing there, you were able to just realize that I need to meditate now. Yeah. I need to take control. I need to control uh, my mind and let my yeah. body do its thing. And
1: Yeah. And the truth is I had the birth experience that I wanted. Like I did do the laboring naturally for a long time and I had exactly what I wanted. I, I wanted to feel it. It was important to me that I felt her and I felt it and I did it with her and I partnered with her. And it was important to me also that I had intimate moments with my husband and danced with him. And it was important to me that I, you know, had moments of, feeling trusting my body and you know getting through the hardest thing i've ever done and i did it all so even even though it was in hospital and not exactly the way i pictured it it was perfect
0: i'm so grateful to you for sharing your story thank you and i'm grateful to the universe for just helping me meet you and learn from you and be inspired by you
1: oh thank you so much you're you're so sweet.
0: Uh, at home, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you're looking for more, visit us online at informpregnancy.com.